0: This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised.
1: You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey,
0: everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a psychologist, sex, and intimacy coach who spent the last 30-plus years helping people to create and maintain meaningful relationships with sizzling sex without the shame. On this podcast, we are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And today, the letter is P, and P is for play. Joining me today to talk about all things play is Foxy. She's a London-based kinkster with a penchant for gleeful sadism. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Lybeth. It's really good to be here.
0: So, I'm really excited excited about this one because um, I don't think we talk enough about what adult play really looks like. And I know that like, we're going to talk about kink and BDSM because, well, that's how we play. Right. But, um, but, but for some play is sex for some play is swinging for some. So that is the adult form of play for some play is, you know, reading erotica, but it's still the adult form of play. So how important do you think this is?
2: I mean, I think it's, I think it's critical. You know, I, you know, we, we prioritize play when we're kids, right? And like, there's all the the stuff around kids and the importance of play. But I think we really neglect that as adults and kind of what that means. But, you know, we still have imaginations. We still have, I think, playfulness kind of embedded within us like we want to explore we want to explore the world and we want to explore the world in a way that makes it fun and interesting for us and that opens up new possibilities and that and I think if you're not if you're not playing like what are you what are you doing you know you're working like what is what is the opposite of play the opposite of play is kind of work and drudgery like it's it's what makes life worth living kind of whatever whatever that is for for you
0: and so you know i agree and and one of the things that strikes me is this thing for those people who don't have play as part of their sensual and sexual life um, it, it often becomes like competition and sport and things like that like that's that's their version of play then there's also a subset of people who for, for whom uh, cosplay it says it in the name, right? Um, is, is their form of adult play. And that may or may not have any sensual component to it. So you think about like we're Trekkies um, and <laughs> we go to conventions um, sometimes and we dress up and we have an absolute blast going to conventions and dressing up. There's nothing sexual about that. It's, you know, it's really geeky because um, we are geeks. Um, I mean, of course we have our own Swiss on it because we're, also freaks so we're freaks and geeks at the same time we have we have twist but you know so there's that that whole thing as well but maybe for me um what i remember around play as a child when it was the best was it was joyful it was you know if there was joy there was fun there was expansion it was easy and then- there's no inhibitions right yeah. like you were worried
2: about like what the outside world was thinking like you were just purely in the moment yes like kind of living your best kitty best self and usually like exploring new ways of being in the world and i think i think that's you know i think that that's the thing that You know, of course, you know, we're going to talk about sort of sexy adult play, but, you know, like, but that's the kind of thing I think that links like cosplay and, you know, some of the tricky stuff But like I'm really big into science fiction and fantasy and, um, you know, some circus arts and things, you know, but that that whole thing about exploring, like, how could this be different? And what, how could life look differently? And, you know, that opens up new possibilities for
0: Mm -hmm. for everybody. And I do think that's, I mean, you know, I do think, you know, in, in early childhood and, and through, I mean, pretty much through primary school, although sometimes it stops a little earlier than that, we, um, we aren't narrowed down into anything. I mean, the UK blows me away because they narrow them so quickly. Like mm-hmm. in the U.S., you know, you, and you can go to university, you don't have to pick one topic before you go to university, you go to university and you have some baseline courses you need to take, and then you pick a major. And so you have time to make a decision or to change your mind, whereas here, you know, um, they're narrowed down from the age of 14 when they start, you know, figuring out their GCSEs and they get narrower and narrower and they're supposed to know what the hell they want to do for their whole life from then, which I think is absurd, but that's how it is. Um, and the thing about play as a young child is that it's not narrow. It's it's the possibilities are limitless, um, and and you don't you don't necessarily either understand the uh, the a lot of the rules of the world you haven't taken in yet, um, and some of the rules of the world actually limit our real world perceptions. Like they teach us to screen out perceptions and things like that, and young children don't screen that shit out. So. So is much more expansive and 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 gives them the opportunity to have a much broader perspective and so I think by the time we're adults, a lot of the time many of us are far more limited than than we were, and part of trying to engage in certain kinds of adult play is to open that back up
2: absolutely a thousand percent it's it's about relaxing the sort of the rules of the game, the rules of the outside world and creating a new game yeah. in which we can experiment with different rules and different ways of being, you know, cause we get locked into particular aspects of ourselves so, you know, cause we've all got facets of ourselves, right. right? But, and we can get, you know, but some of those facets can get really fixed Yes. And play is a way for us to expand into different facets that may be underdeveloped or that we may not even know are there and the chance to just be
0: more of ourselves. Yes. And and also, you know, we, people there's there's another side to play, which is that um, kids, when they have negative experiences or trauma or things that bother them, kids play out that stuff. They work it out through play. They do repetition play. They do uh, play with different endings. They do all sorts of things in order to work through their stuff. Sometimes very successfully, if it's catastrophic trauma, sometimes they need the help of a therapist. But this is part of what play is for. Part of it is <laughs> rehearsal for life. And part of it is, is actually to work things through. And as adults... We don't offer those options. You know, we offer people the option to talk, and talk is great, and you can work a lot of things through uh, with talk. But there are often um, aspects that aren't as easily accessible through talk, um, and play can unearth those aspects, and play can give you aspect, access to other ways of processing things, including processing them physically.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's that processing physically that for me is really, really important, right? Like, there's nothing better <laughs> for me when I've had a really bad day to like vlog somebody, really. Hard. <laughs> Like I've I've got one particular person I, well, I used to play with, I'm not bubbled with them COVID blah, but I used to play with where I would text them if I'd had a really bad day before we had a play session. So just that they knew what was coming. (laughs) So they can prepare themselves. And if they didn't want that kind of play, they could say.
0: (laughs) It's funny. I mean, for me, it's very much, um, there are different kinds of catharsis for me. So, um, um, I, I use the example after my father died, um, you know, part of like really kickstarting some additional grieving. After my, okay, so, you know, I, I've mentioned this before, so I brought up Jewish and um, we sit Shiva after a death. And I actually like the Jewish death ritual because you spend seven days focused on sharing your memories of this person and doing nothing but grieving. And so it actually does give you a life break. Uh, uh, we didn't sit for the full seven days because people were in from all over the place. But um, although I was one of the people who was supposed to be relieved of the duties of hostessing and, and all of that, because I was an immediate relative and therefore I should have been, you know, sitting on the floor and, and what have you. Um, you know, we weren't orthodox. Um, we weren't even conservative, pretty much reform. Um, and I really ended up taking care of, in part, taking care of my mother and taking care of a lot of people um, because I had the skill set. Mm, right. Yeah. I had discussed um, And I also, because it was very early in my, my relationship with TJ, um, well, it wasn't very early, actually, we lie. It was three effing years into my relationship, and I do swear. It was three fucking years into my relationship with TJ, but my mother wasn't comfortable with him yet. And because of that, um, because she was the one who was widowed, I chose to respect and her desire not to have well she didn't say don't bring him but i i felt that way so i didn't have support while i was there so i just basically took care of everybody else um and we had an event we went to every year and the event was like less than a month after it was a month after this um so i actually organized a scene with two doms and the purpose of the scene was catharsis because I had to keep myself together during that entire month after his death because I had all sorts of obligations on me and I did not have the space to gr- to properly grieve and so that's where we went with this. It was like, okay, look, I need somebody to help me kickstart this, and they did. And and I normally last quite a while in scenes. I'm I, you know. I like a nice, a nice, good scene that has a build and it, you know, it goes up to a crescendo and it comes down and it might go up again and it might come down again. However, that scene lasted about four minutes. Wow. Yeah, it was really hard, really heavy, and then I fell apart and everybody took care of me, so that was nice. Um, so yeah, that is definitely a thing from emotional management. But we're two minutes from break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to talk about this. We'll talk a little. We'll start talking more about. Uh, what BDSM, t- what types of BDSM play can look like, and what options are there, and what things bring, what what things bring to the table, and some of our favorite things. We'll share some of our favorite things. Um, I'll share some favorite things from some other people I know as well, um, and we'll see you when we get back after some words from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook.
1: Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Anti-Aging Unraveled, host Dr. Lori Gerber features guests related to the field of integrative medicine and more specifically what she calls deconstructed medicine. Many symptoms that we think of as common and related to the aging process don't have to be issues if you think outside the common treatment processes. You'll learn that integrative medical technology, new innovations, and natural health can combine to help you age gracefully. Anti-aging unraveled. Listen Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot
0: topics. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: everyone welcome back to the a to z of sex with me dr laurie beth bisbee and today the letter is p and p is for play and i'm joined by the delicious foxy to talk all about play so we are in part two and before the break uh we had been talking about catharsis but we wanted to backtrack a little and talk about skill set um so you had mentioned on the break that people need to um be able know how to ask for what they want. Absolutely, it totally works if you're able to ask for what you want.
2: Yeah. No. Abs- no. Absolutely. Like it's it's critical, and I think that that's one of the things that is really important in certainly in BDSM land. And I um, let's talk about BDSM land. <laughs> is you know, it's that ability. To ask and say, I want you to do X, Y, Z. And you know, there's lots of different ways to negotiate a scene. And some people like being very, very prescriptive and, you know, like a blow, a literal blow by blow, like of how that's yeah. gonna go. You know, this toy, five strokes, that toy, whatever. I mean, that's that's generally not the way I play personally. Um well, me I like some, Yeah, I like la- I mean, and that's fine, and like there's loads of people who will play that way
0: um but you know what there's a part yeah. of that though. there's a part i'll tell you what part of that is and part of the reason i don't play that way i'm in i'm i play in power exchanges so i don't pick up play mm-hmm. i play with people i know i may never have ever played with them before but i know them over a period of time um and so, and so most of my play is done with people that i have a power exchange with even if it's not a 24 7 but it's a power exchange and so you know we have a conversation about my limits and my likes and dislikes and then it's like, here's the keys. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's you know that's how it is for us. Um, and so that's-, and
2: that's easier, and that's really easy with people. Well, really easy, easier with people that you know really well, and like that. And that is its because uh, that's like play that like builds over time, and like it becomes like part of the, like the delicious tension kind of before you see them, like you've got these beautiful memories and like each time is going to, I mean, each time is going to be a little bit different anyway, but like then they have new ideas and it it becomes like kind of part, even if you're not in a 24 seven dynamic, like it, it becomes like part of your dynamic with that person and part of your shared memory. And it brings you closer together, even if, absolutely, you know, even if you're, if the relationship isn't, is that, that's all it is. Like, it's still a beautiful thing, but you know, for me, I, I don't, I do pick up play mostly in a rope context. Um, It's rare that I'll do pick up play in clubs mostly because I haven't played a lot in public clubs although I'm hoping post COVID that changes. Um, But you know, I will do pick up play and and, and that's where it becomes really important because it's not somebody that you know really well. You don't have the the quote unquote consent castle like you haven't built up to like, you know, all of that intuitive knowledge of somebody and so, so, yeah, it's really important to kind of you know at least set some physical boundaries. It's like, do you have a bad knee? Do you have a bad shoulder? Like, should I not put rope around your belly? Like, you know, those sorts, you know, even you know those sorts of basic physical stuff that's really important if you're gonna have a good play, a good scene.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, and and so your communication needs to be excellent, that's one of the skills, and your um, negotiation skills need to be excellent, and you also need to know when it's appropriate to be talking about what you're going to do and when it's not appropriate to be talking about what you're going to do. Um, if you're new and you have no idea what you like, that's another set of skills in figuring out what you like, um, and 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 a very important set of skills that doesn't get talked about often enough in my in my view are risk assessment skills to choosing a decent partner. And mm-hmm. you know, people like to rush into things, and and you know, um, yeah, rush into things because they're excited or what have you, or they think they're going to get left alone, or there's not enough people, or it's, it's often from a place of um, scarcity. But the reality is that um, you can't really spot a lot of red flags until you've watched somebody behave in the ordinary world, at least for a period of time. That might not, doesn't have to be years. I'm not talking about that. But you know you might you know, you need to go out on more than two dates in order to get a sense of what this person is underneath their best behavior. Um, and
2: how they treat staff is a uh-huh. really good litmus test.
0: <laughs> For me, that's always a big one. Mm. Are they pleasant? Do they interact? I mean, <laughs> um, I went out with a friend the other day, not somebody that I'm involved with. Um, although, you know, one never knows with these things. I'm very bad <laughs> at But it's because I'm very bad at noticing when people are interested in me. I'm really shitty at it. Um, and so it's possible I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know until they were like absolutely, like right in my face with it, and then I'd be like, "Oh, oh, 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 okay, <laughs> right," or "Oh, oh, that's not going to work, right." But anyway, um, it, it was one of, this was my first p- post-COVID in a cafe with coffee and cake. Okay, this was a—it was a big day yesterday because I did that in the morning, and I, I went up to London for a meeting in the afternoon. So I went on that train yesterday, which I haven't done since the beginning of COVID. Um, So, you know, we're in this little cafe and uh, you're eating. So you you can't have a mask on when you're eating. And we sat there and we were completely, you know, it was, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. And the banter was there and everything. And the reason I thought of this is because he was absolutely delightful with the wait staff, you know, and I mean, I was watching, I mean, and he's got, he's got, he's got an incredibly British sense of humor and. And, I, and he's very intelligent. So I love his wit. I really enjoy his wit. Um, and he was speaking to her and, you know, we, we'd eaten this cake that was really good and he would brought up a recipe for another cake. And, you know, it was just this pleasant interaction and banter, um, very polite, uh, very warm, very appreciative of the service. So when you observe something like that, when you're considering the possibility of of even just the possibility of a scene with somebody, let alone any kind of relationship, that tells me an awful lot about how I can expect them to treat me. And yeah, that's yeah. really important to me. And,
2: and, and, the, and, and this is a place where I think public play can be really useful. You know, things like rope jams, things like clubs, because you can watch, you know, if you don't know what you like, like, it's a great way to kind of go and just see some things. Well, um, that's
0: why we're doing virtual play party.
2: Exactly. I mean, that's what. Yeah. And you get to see some, especially if you're submissive. So I switch. Right. So I, I play as both the top and the bottom, um, which is, it's just really quite fun. But yeah, you risk assess very differently as a top than you do as a submissive, if you're going to be playing, which role you're going to be playing with and, you know, gender dynamics and like cultural stuff, like all of that is really important, but like, it's really good to be able to watch somebody be like, and that's where, you know, somebody might go, oh. Like, I like the way that play. I like the way they look like they take care of their person. You know, I like, I like their energy. Like, you may not be able to even, like, put a, a name on it. Absolutely. But, like, you can kind of tell.
0: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that, like, so one of the things that I would look for, I mean, understanding, of course, that I need permissions and there's introductions mm-hmm. and all sorts of however one of the things that i'm looking for when i'm trying to decide if i even want to bother to bring a person to the attention of anyone else um, to the attention of the decision makers um, Mm -hmm. is their energy their energy is crucial to me so i want to be uh, i would i want to be observing them and then i want to be in the energy Hmm. not playing with them, but I want to be interacting and in the energy. And you can sometimes get some of that offline, but it's not easy. Yeah. It usually in, involves me being face-to-face with somebody. And to be fair, I have not, over the life of my BDSM, although I've done lots of things online, I've met most of my partners the first time in person. I didn't yeah. meet them online. I met them in person. We took it online afterwards, like when I was long distance with my husband. You know, we met in person. We met in person at a couple of events, and then we were able to keep our relationship going by being online, but we actually met in person first. And um, for me, that was crucial because I wanted to be in that energy. And it doesn't have to be their play energy, and that's the thing that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. It's, it's useful to see their play style because your styles may not match up, but you want a sense of the full human I was on TikTok yeah. the other night, and there is a creator called the Wolf Within. And he somebody asked him, you know, have you ever fallen in love with a with a submissive? You were told a submissive submissive you loved them? And he said his response to this question was, Well, yes, because I get to know the person. Then that other stuff comes. So I get to know the person first. I have a relationship with a human who has a relationship with me as a human and then a relationship with me as a dominant. And therefore, yes, of course, because for me, that's a prerequisite, not love, but that relationship is prerequisite. Um, And, you know, I, I like things better when there is a relationship. It might be a friendship. Mm-hmm. I have I have friends with privileges, right? I don't call them benefits. I call them privileges. Um, I have friends with privileges. Oh, I like
2: that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're friends. Well, we were struggling over what the hell to call it, right? So it's not a benefit. It's a privilege. So I have friends with privileges. And I love those relationships. I adore those relationships, actually, because they're long-standing. They're very deep. There's a ton of love there. There's even an occasional little romantic but there's none of the big kind of romantic stuff and there's loads of great sex and fun and play. So, you know, I love those relationships. Um,
2: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a little bit different experience because I have picked up partners, play partners, as well as romantic partners who I met online first and kind of transitioned into real world, world play. And it is, you know, there's definitely pros and cons of doing it both ways, but like if you are picking up somebody online, you know, you do need to be, I mean, you do need to be aware. Like, it's so much easier to have a persona. We all put personas out there, whether it's online or in person. But like, you do need to figure out like who's behind that photograph. You know, first of all, do they even look like their photograph? And also, yeah, well, that too. you know, know, but then you know, also like, how do how does this work in practice? Because you know, if you're gonna play with somebody and you're gonna scene with somebody, you need to be able to talk to them and communicate. Uh, in the moment and that's i think one of the things that i have really learned more as i've done more switching is actually having top like i know the kind of communication i like as a top and so right. when i'm in that opposite role like i it i can kind of like kind of put myself in their shoes a little bit yep. i mean you know that's how it works for me and you know that's sure you know, you need to be able to talk to somebody and you need to be able to rely on them to, Absolutely. to say in the moment what's to going say on.
0: In, to say in the situation. So we are literally one minute from break. When we get back, we'll pick this up because this is a really important point. Communication is one of the biggest keys to having a good time in any area of adult life. And people are piss poor at it. So I'm just going to say that, right? <laughs> you know, you, you actually need to learn it and practice it. And people are piss-poor it for a variety of reasons. Sometimes they don't learn it, and sometimes they're afraid of the reaction. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words for our sponsors.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
0: with you wherever Alexa and Google are at home in the car on your smart TV and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee this week. It is P is for Play and I am with the incredible Foxy and we are in part three. Um, so just before the break, we were talking about communication and, and the importance of communication. And we got into this discussion about safe words. And I mean, both, you know, I've repeated my normal thing which is, you know, safe word isn't worth shit if the person you're with is, a, is an asshole. And one of the nuances that people lose, I think, is that, you know, just because you're in a scene doesn't mean you don't speak your native language to, the, to your partner. I was going to say you don't speak English, but some people don't speak English. So there it is. Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean that you don't communicate in that way. So, um, you know, my master um, slash husband um, that I've been with for 11 and a half years, we don't have a safe word. We've been together for 11 and a half fucking years. He knows me pretty well. If he sees I'm getting towards an edge, he'll back off, right? Of course he can push me if he wishes to, but that's in our agreement. But the, but the, if, if I can't manage it, or if something's starting to really get to me, I have, a, it, assuming I'm able to talk, right? I mean, there are times where people really uh, lose control of their language and that's a problem and you, you have to rely on their body or are gagged <laughs> or are gagged and they so they can't use their words so you have to rely on other things however you know uh, uh, and i'm going to say this and i'm going to say it in this very judgmental way a good dominant is listening looking feeling hearing touching smelling because, you know, when somebody is really totally panicked, you, you smell different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They're paying very close attention to the person that they are playing with. So, um, but, you know, I mean, I, if I'm getting to a place and he's not paying attention, or I don't think he is, actually, he usually knows. You will hear me say something like, oh, for fuck's sake, master. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I didn't used to. It started, it's Pharaoh's fault. It started with Pharaoh. that that, the the scene that we did together i swore through the entire fucking scene but it was like (laughs) you're an asshole sir (laughs) (laughs) it was really funny um one of one of my one of my leather family when she watches me play gets really anxious because i'm swearing at the dominant like she gets (laughs) really anxious (laughs) Um, You know, something bad is going to happen to me because I'm swearing at But you know. But, you know, I I mean, I was screaming, you know, in in a way that is not funny, is not fun, and is very clear that that something's going on. Or if I'm unable to talk, if I were triggered, and that, that hasn't happened in many years, there was one situation where it did, and I just kind of really lost the ability to speak. And he, you know, picked up on it very, very quickly. And slowed down what he was doing, got really close to my ear and said, okay, what's going on? If you can't speak, just grab me. And, you know, I grabbed him. And he's like, okay, we're going to stop for now. And so it's nuance here. People, you know, people like to give these, like, lovely hard rules.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And my concern is always that players who are new think that that protects them. What protects you is playing with somebody who has integrity. Mm-hmm. And so that means you better know how to risk assess um and excellent communication skills and negotiation skills that's what protects you not a safe word not you know a signal or whatever
2: and who has a degree of like you know this comes back to good person but also has a degree of compassion like i i remember seeing and you know sometimes sometimes you learn more when things go wrong sometimes and it it, it can, this can be a bit of a tricky area, but like the with with one of my partners who's also a switch, and I had I hadn't done much play in submission before him, and so I didn't really know like all of where my limits are and like all of sort of my likes and my dislikes. You know, we had negotiated the scene, and it was great, and like for some reason, low blood low blood sugar, whatever it was planets aligned i i safe worded out of that scene now we use green amber red yeah and it it happened pretty quick you know and so you know i i i don't even think actually no i don't even think i used the safe word i think i just like i just stopped and like he could tell that i was in a really bad place and like we stopped it we calmed it down we came kind of came back to each other and you know i'm talking about it afterwards like i realized some really important you know first of all i was playing with somebody who i knew cared for me you know, even yep. though the extent of our relationship then hadn't really been established, like that taught me a lot about who he was as a top. Yep. Like what happens when I go to a really bad place. And it also taught me a lot about what I need in the middle of a scene as yep. submissive in order to be able to continue certain types of
0: play. Yep. And to continue to have it be play. And rather, you, than, then, rather than something you're enduring. Exactly. And I mean, you mentioned in the break, you know, that Midori talks about the fact that, that, you know, as a top asking, you know, what, my, what will I see, hear, smell, taste, you know, when you are having a good time? And also what will I see, hear, smell, taste when you are not having a good time? And that these are things that are, are that's, those are really useful questions to be asking. Um, and, and taking your time and getting to know somebody. If somebody's very new to the scene, I don't advise pickup play. Mm. right you know it's one thing for me who's been um we're doing
2: in a very narrow window
0: right I, I i still don't advise it like the only kind of pick up the only kind of pickup play i advise in that situation is with somebody who's at instructor level mm. who's got a, a solid reputation that can like help you explore like a pro i mean there like are a house
2: dom, yeah you're house a
0: dom dom. or a pro dom depending um and uh, a reputable pro dom is a great way to explore because you have a contract um, and um, yeah, because, because it's too easy for somebody to underestimate, especially if you're, your brand spanking new, but you're really excited and you're really keen, you're really gung ho and you communicate well, it's too easy for the new person to overestimate what they can manage and yep, yep. the other person to underestimate. And then they end up with a bad first experience that could have been avoided. Um, so I usually say like, go and observe. And then if you want to start trying things out, you find somebody who is massively experienced. Yeah. You spend some time getting to know them and then you negotiate a very limited scene. You see how that goes. You reflect back on that. and You move from there. Um, but most people don't want to listen to that because they're too excited. And, you know, I get it. I understand. And,
2: and you know, I, and I do pick up play and, you know, I do pick up playing quite narrow circumstances, especially. So one of the things I, I do a lot of rope. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm more experienced, well, not anymore cause I've been doing <laughs> a lot of play with my, my partner over lockdown in both sort of roles, but you know, I, I'm actually really quite an experienced rope top. I wouldn't say I'm instructor level, but I'm, you know, I'm a very competent, capable rope top. And, you know, I go to a lot of jams here in London and I, you know, and I will pick up in a jam setting usually because the scenes are very, very short. Five, 10, 15 minutes. And the first time I play in that session, like, you know, some rules for myself, like I won't suspend, even if they ask me to. We don't play there. And you know, we do floor play, which I think rope on the floor is a lovely thing. And I think yep. it's beautiful. And I think it's really underestimated. Yep. And, you know, so we, you know, we'll play on the floor. You know, we'll just, we'll do some really basic, just kind of, it's more, it's more about exploring each other's bodies. It's like, especially for somebody who's never been tied before. Like sometimes just that sensation of like ropes sliding across their skin from the first time tells you a lot. because This is a, ooh, they lean into that or a, I don't know about this. And like, you can, you can take it from there. And if you're only committed to 15, five, 10, 15 minutes, that kind of pickup play for me, like that's within my
0: limits. And I think for me, but for me, the, the thing is, is that it, and it's, it's so funny. It's the same thing with any life experience. If You want to encourage somebody to go forward and do it again. You want to give them a good first experience. Yeah, absolutely. Humans, humans are like, you know, predictable in that if they have a bad first experience, getting them to try anything again within that realm is very fucking difficult. So eat. So that's why I would say like, you know, um, okay, have a really short session so you have a good first experience. You can have a longer session next time, but if you have a 10-minute session and you leave the session feeling bright and shiny and excited, well, that's a win, right? Who cares Mm -hmm. if it was only 10 minutes? Um, And... You and know, you can fly I, really high in 10 minutes. Yeah, you get those endorphins. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that uh, I took a workshop with Midori when in, in, uh, well, we were at, at Sex Down South, I think, um, and she was teaching a workshop on rope, but her workshop, um, all we did in the workshop, and I say all advisedly because it was outrageous and it was great. Now, I'm not into rope, and I never have been, but Midori was teaching it, so I wanted to, I mean, I've been tied, but
2: Anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know who Midori is, Google her.
0: You she can Google her and you can go back and look at some of, the, um, some of the podcasts. I put her name in my podcasts because I've done a number of podcasts with her over the years.
2: Oh, she's um, incredible.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. So I, um, I did the workshop because she was using rope to maneuver people. So it was oh, using awesome. rope to control people. And, that, and so I had a lot of fun with that. That was okay with me as opposed to tying or being tied, which isn't not okay with me. I just don't, yeah, it's just like- It doesn't work for you. It's and, like, that's, and that's an
2: important thing, right? Like in, in the exploration in the play of play, right? You try something and you're like, eh. it it may not be awful. It may not be amazing. It may just be meh. And that's also a good thing to know because if it's meh, it's like, okay, well, I tried that. Didn't like it, move on to something else
0: I might enjoy. Yep. And so we are two minutes from break. Um, I will end this segment by saying that um, a number of people have made this statement and I've kind of adopted it as well. I try something three times before I decide exactly how I feel about it. Unless it's something that's really traumatizing and triggers the fuck out of you. Right. I try something three times before I figure out how I really feel about it. So we'll be back after a a couple of moments, a couple of minutes, with some words from our sponsors. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. Get the
1: lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness.
2: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics,
1: spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All
2: access, all the time.
1: There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. With your host, Kristen Harper.
0: So hey everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee, and this week it is P is for Play, and I am with the amazing Foxy from London, and we are talking about play. So we're going to, in this last segment, talk a bit about our favorite forms of play. So um, so yes, we did this virtual play party on the 2nd of April, we're doing another one on the 30th of May, I'll give you details. Oh my
2: god, everybody come, it's amazing! Yeah, exactly,
0: I'll give you details of how to get tickets at the end of the show. Um, and, um, I'm also going to make an offer. Like if you go and you write a review of this show, you will get a free ticket, Wow! Write A review of this show. You will get a free ticket. People are impossible about writing reviews. They almost never do it. But if you want a free ticket, go for it. So, um, so we're going to talk about this because, um, you, uh, ran the kinky bingo. Yes, I did. <laughs> So why don't you tell the folks what kinky bingo looks like?
2: Oh, what? oh my gosh! So this came out of a um, bad slash inspired idea that my my partner, the other one, who's a switch. Um, I was doing a scene over the summer. He and I were doing a scene, and he had a box of clips that he had left in the playroom. Orc- little orchid clips, right? Like these are little teeny tiny little
0: I hate these fucking things. Let me just say that right now. <laughs> I hate them. Go ahead.
2: Anyway, I, and and they were supposed to, and I was just looking for like a little appetizer, like something to kind of just get the scene going before we got into the meat of what I had planned for that particular scene, because I was topping for this. And so I unscrewed this box of clips and kind of shake it. And so I started putting these on his body and he's, st- and you know, they would first go on and they feel like nothing. right? And then after about 90 seconds, two minutes, they start becoming excruciably unbearably hard. And so he started shouting parts of the body where he wanted them to come off. And I was like, you could turn and afterwards, you know, cause it's in the, the moment, like you're not thinking about this, but sort of afterwards I'm like, you know, you could do this as bingo.
0: And so that's exactly what we did. Um, because this was a fundraiser and this next one is a fundraiser too. So there are in party purchases. If you get a regular ticket, by the way, you will get this time, you will get one free bingo card. If you want more bingo cards, you will have to purchase them. And, um, we recommend you try and do that in advance. Um, and also the top, the first two people who finish will get prize. Okay. Uh, After that, there's no more prizes. Just the first two people who finish.
2: And I've got almost a hundred places on his body. I can put these clips.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, so this was absolutely. Up, up, so people had great fun. They really enjoyed it. And then you really could tell who the sadists were. <laughs> you know, and and the switches who were also sadists, you could tell in a heartbeat because the, the, they were going nuts. And those of us who are most definitely not sadists and are masochists were cringing. I mean, some people like clips, so it's not a big deal for I hate them. I hate them, hate them, hate them. So I was like, oh god, I don't think I can watch this. You know, <laughs> I don't think I can watch this. So that that was it was a lot of fun. And if you have the opportunity, you should really come to the party because you can see that and you can participate. And you can participate in a way where you're getting to play, even though you're not putting hands on someone because you're in the energy and the laughter and the fun. And and, um, and, I,
2: th- and I think the thing that I like, I think that scene kind of perform- personifies my favorite way to play. You know, yeah, the really emotional, intense, dark and broody, like that's great. But actually some of my favorite scenes are, I, I mean, I'm a giggly sadist, right? Like when I'm, when I'm being sadistic, I am super giggly, and like I have a laugh that even when I do play in public, like I I have this laugh where I'm re- like my my son will do something and I will just. Go for it. And, and everybody in the dungeon will turn around and be like, what is going on over there? I like scenes that are fun and a little bit silly, and yep. I like that kind of cackly energy Absolutely. that really works for me.
0: Yep. So I am my favorite, I mean, one of my favorites, I, I, you know, I have different favorites with different people, actually, but yeah. one, of my, one of my longstanding favorites um, with um, my husband is that he is a percussionist and I'm his human drum. And I have, you know, there's bits about it that I hate um, sometimes, but he literally has drum mallets, drum sticks. He's got mallets of all different sizes. He's got all different kinds of sticks, wood, acrylic, light up, you know, all this stuff, um, uh, thin ones, thick ones, you know. So he's got all of that and his hands. And, um, and he uses me as a drum and he, you know, whatever part of his body, he feels like drumming on my body. He feels like drumming on the drums on. Um, he also, I mean, he runs actual drum circles in the world. He's, he's does that. And, and when we've been at a couple of events where we've run human drum circles, which is outrageous, amazingly fun.
2: Wow. That sounds so cool.
0: It is. It's it's really cool. Um, and I look forward to when the world is open again, being able to do more of that. But um, so that's one of our favorite and, And people like to people enjoy watching that and and he too is gleeful um he's just gleeful he just that's he just you i can feel the joy radiate off his body you know he just so loves it um it was in in a scene uh, a couple a couple of weeks ago and um some friends of mine were watching and when I was having difficulty with what he was doing, my feet were going like this, like I was kicking my feet because I, was, I, was, I wasn't I I was was standing like where I would have been dancing from foot to foot. I was lying down. So it's kicking my feet. And one of the other dominants was like, oh, my God. That's so, that's so cute. cute. <laughs> exactly. That Mr. Blue is like, that's so cute. That's so cute. Right? <laughs> Typical. Um, so let me tell you about this party. Uh, this is a virtual fundraiser and uh, regular tickets are 20 pounds and we've got vip tickets for 87 which includes basically everything that's going on you won't have to pay anything else more unless you feel like donating more um and you get a t-shirt as well um mr blue his birthday is uh, a couple of days after the party so we are celebrating mr blue's birthday at the party and um mrs blue frost is taking tributes for the spanks, because Frost is not taking the spanks—at least he <laughs> hopes not. Um, so, uh, twenty of them have been have been spoken for already, uh, House of Nia, and I'm I'm I said if I don't, because when you, we weren't sure if you were going to be able to come, somebody's like we we've got to have Bingo. So I was volunteered that I would be Bingo, and so it's like I said I am taking no spanks if 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 he's going to put little tiny clips on me, uh, but thankfully you'll be there. So I have volunteered at least ten, um, and. You can pay to tell the dominance where to put these, which is fun. Um, I guess people can't see me nodding vigorously. Yes, it is fun. We're going to have a dice game that's outrageous, you know, with, yeah, outrageous. I'll just say that. Um, There's erotic readings. I will be personalizing some erotic readings. And um, there's a cigar lounge. Um, uh, Pharaoh will be reading and we're co-sponsored for this one by the leather houses of color coalition um so a number of the houses that includes the blues that includes house of nia um, and that includes house community which is Faro, are going to be there in order to do things to support this so there's a lot of stuff you'll get to see if you want a ticket it's dr Lori go to the events page it's right there so it's DrLaurieBethBisbee.com. Go to the events page. It's right there. You cannot miss it. Do not miss your opportunity to do this. This is not on Zoom. It's on a platform where you are able to have agency. You're able to move up um, close to somebody. Then you can see and hear them. If you move far away, you can't. So you, you can move through the party. Oh, and there's skinny dipping on the beach to Prince as well at the party. Yep. Yeah. Skin Dipping on the Beach to Prince. There'll be merch there. There may be tarot reading there. So there's all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to wish you a great week next week. Do not miss it. It's Q is for Quim. Fran Bushy's coming on to talk about her new book by Broken Vagina. I'll see you all next week.
1: We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.